welcome to Irreverent Testimony, brought to you by Netroots Radio, political podcast by informed millennial and Gen Xer types from a left-wing perspective. It is Saturday, April 21st, 2018, but uh, right now it looks like the dead of winter outside because Colorado... <laughs> We're having, spring snow. We're having spring snow. Yeah. And it's a winter wonderland because why not? We actually predicted this would happen, right? Like mm-hmm. we were talking in January and February, like it's too sunny and there's not enough snow. It means in April we're going to get a ton of snow. And I don't Here know if we we've gotten a ton, but we've no. gotten more than is necessary for this time of year. Yes. And it's not still going to be enough to help the snowpack and the drought that will ensue. Yeah. Thanks, climate change. Which affects not just Colorado, but uh, pretty much everybody west of us, mm-hmm. including California, who takes a significant amount of our water, Arizona. Um, so, yeah, should be a, a fun year for wildfires. And uh, thanks, climate change. Yep. Uh, that's the whole thing. Um, I don't know if that means we want to immediately talk about the fact that Scott Pruitt not only still has a job, but it seems like the more shit that comes out, the more trouble you're in. If you're a Republican, it means greater job security. Yeah, like it's like uh, the the party and the party base are just like bearing down, like becoming obstinate at this point. Like, oh, yeah, more scandal. More. I don't care. Who's <laughs> my guy? Like I just it, that's how it feels to me. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention the joke of a uh, NASA chief, right? He this doesn't believe in climate change. He has, has no, background no scientific in science. background, doesn't know anything about space or technology. And of course, the Republicans, they confirmed him. Cause he one time led a, like a space museum <laughs> in like Nebraska. <laughs> You're <laughs> in. He was a, like a, a pilot of in some branch of the military. He has no background in science at all um, and literally doesn't believe that climate change is human caused. Right. And considering that NASA does a significant portion of the climate change research in this country, Mm -hmm. uh, they're not happy about it at all. Um, And, you know, it's like... Well, the ironic thing is most of that will probably continue. You you just have... The weirdness of the well, head of isn't that agency he not in charge of their budget. It. So can't he divert research dollars? Budgets, and- well, he can try. He can he can request <laughs> that, but budgets still need to be appropriated. Yeah, by Congress. By which Congress, is controlled by Republicans. So it, that should well, go great if we don't take back the House. Yeah. Uh, so again, it's stupid. It's it's more. It, it's potentially dangerous, but it's more stupid at this point than dangerous. Yeah, I don't know. It's like you know, just pick the. One person I don't want to do the job. That's, that's who they pick. <laughs> the, so. worst, the worst. Yeah, the worst possible person for the job. Betsy yeah. DeVos for education. Rex Tillerson oh, for state. Yeah. Did you hear what she's doing? Uh, yes. Uh, she uh, explained it to me again because now my, my she, brain's a jumble of things. Yeah. She, um, Betsy DeVos, head of the Department of Education, um, decided for expediency and efficiency purposes to start dismissing discrimination cases, specifically yes. disability discrimination yes. cases, without review. Yeah. Uh, she's dismissed 500 discrimination cases. Yeah, those are going to go eventually to the Supreme Court, and, that, and that'll be interesting to see what, what happens with those. Because she can... She can she, it is her fucking literal job. She can try to dismiss those cases, but ultimately those cases go before judges. Because they violate uh, federal civil rights statutes. Yeah, but so, it's her job. That's her job. It's her job to 
Now investigate. <laughs> well, that's supposed to be your job. Her job is to dismantle public education and dismantle the protections and inclusion that public education uh, has afforded to uh, kids. It, it's it's and very, strip Title Nine and strip Title Seven and fuck women who get raped on college yeah, campuses. Yeah, the thing with the disabled kids is really so weird. weird and gross. And you know, I hate to use this term, but it is kind of Nazi esque. It's yeah. like the damaged ones don't deserve to be among the normies. And if they want to cry about it, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, it really is fucked they, up. We don't it doesn't need to get have accommodations. Enough, for doesn't that. get enough coverage. It is it is like really creepy. Look, it's one thing if DeVos believes it should all be chartered schools and charter schools. We can and, have that debate about public education versus right. And she wants to <coughs> blur, schools, blur but, the line with church and state. But like to to say that we should not accommodate kids with disabilities is really bordering on some very very. Eugenic-y, yeah. troubling, yes, and it, I agree. And it does not get nearly enough coverage. No. It's back pages, Like, let's talk anything. to her on TV about this, please. Someone ask her a question about this. Well, they, whenever they do, she just feigns ignorance or is oh, ignorant. Oh, I'm just, it, this so red tape, regulation, <laughs> efficiency, government spending. Or I didn't know that. I didn't know this thing my agency was doing. I didn't know this law. I didn't know this fact. So, uh, yeah, the more fun there. And uh, Pruitt. So about a few weeks ago and 20 scandals ago, yeah, it was said that, well, Pruitt's on borrowed time. He's, he's going to be out any minute. He could be out by the end of the day. He could be out by the end of the week. And like literally 20 horrible breaking scandals later, like he doesn't seem to be going anywhere. No. No, he seems very happy where he is. And President Trump, didn't he say like he's doing a great job? Yeah. And the, and the reason for that is... Like we talk about how the corporate and business world has been, I don't want to say on our side, but has been like against some of the grosser initiatives because it hurts their bottom line, especially the anti-LGBT stuff and some of the gun stuff. Like they're they're pushing back on that. But like, oh, they love them some Scott Pruitt. Yeah. Because Scott Pruitt wants to deregulate everything and let them pollute and let them just dump toxic chemicals like right into your kid's eyes. And, you know, that that's what they want. That's all they care about. The right. bottom line, dump the most toxic of shit right into the water supply, into the Don't air. spend money treating it and, and yeah. cleaning it and properly disposing of it. It costs money. Yeah. And so, so and just Scott Pruitt it. wants to slash all of that. And so they're like, uh, look, you can you can get rid of this guy and that guy and the guns, but you, you don't get rid of – we need Scott Pruitt. Yeah. So that's going to be a tougher <laughs> sell because the donor class wants Scott Pruitt in there. Yeah. So again, th- th- these people aren't our, our – our friends. No. This, this is a reminder. Like, <laughs> no. we're like, okay, the, the, the sponsors uh, boycott – Lori Ingraham because she's bad for business. That's that's fine, and they're they're they they support the Parkland kids because it's good for their bottom line. Okay, great, but you know at the end of the day they will happily dump toxins into your kid's mouth. Yes, if it saves them a buck. Yeah, and that's why Scott Pruitt still has a job. Yes, because if they no, if, no amount of scandal is ever going to change that. Right, because if they stayed quiet, he probably would be out by now because of all the bad press. But yeah. like, oh, we need Scott Pruitt in there. It's, just wait for the heat to die down. Of course, it's not because every other week, we're, you know, he that he appropriated, you know, twenty seven million for a sex dungeon or some shit. Yeah, you know, it's it'll never end with him because he is clearly that yeah. dirty. Crooked. He, he, it's just yeah. God. Yeah, or or he'll keep doing more. You know, I mean, like, yeah. Well, there, there's no incentive for him to do anything differently. He's not. There's no punishment. There's no. 
there's there's nothing happening. Yeah, so some why bad would press he, and yeah. some uncomfortable headlines and whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Now even um, oh, who is it? Was it Gaudi is looking into his soundproof booth? Yeah, his extra soundproof booth yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I, yeah. Like there's so much Scott Pruitt shit, I can't even keep up with it. It's all money. Yeah, it's and, all your taxpayer money. Yeah. That he's spending to go to vacations to Morocco and Disneyland with his 85-person security detail. And he uh-huh. is, is like a Pope mobile, I think. <laughs> like a bulletproof Pope mobile because he thinks everybody wants to murder him. And, you know, maybe and They're like, not- yeah, there's been no credible threat to Scott uh, Pruitt so far. But, you know, he just fired enough people. But anyway, literally two or three weeks ago and 50 scandals ago, I was like, oh, he's not going to have a job much longer. Well, he still has a job. Yeah. It, it seems like, again, with these Republicans... The, the deeper the scandal, the more shit that comes out, like the the more entrenched their job security is. Yeah. It's like job security. Uh, and so I might as well pivot now to Eric Greitens. <sighs> Our friend Sarah Burris uh, was the first to report it in Raw Story, at least, that yesterday he actually has now been charged with computer tampering fraud. Something to do with acquiring a – he had some bogus veterans charity and he illegally used the names on that list for – Campaigning or fundraising. Yeah. Which for a variety of reasons you can't do, and Rachel can get into the minutiae of that, having worked on a campaign if you want. But essentially Well, I don't you, know the laws of that state, but yeah. You, no, well, it's basically the same as Colorado in the sense that you can't do this do a nonprofit or a fundraiser under oh, the guise correct. of charity and then take that information and use it for campaign purposes. Correct. You That's can't illegal. use you can't use a nonprofit, a five oh one C three organization, which is a IRS designation of a nonprofit, you cannot use that organization for any political purpose. That's right. Like, you can't use it yes. to campaign. You no, can't use it no. to say we like this candidate. We can't. You can't use it to um, provide fund like lists of the members of the nonprofit to a, a political campaign is just fucking illegal. You yeah. cannot do that. Let, let me give you an example. Right, Rachel and I are are helping to start a five hundred one c three. I won't give you the details. But if we were to do that and then take all the information that we gain and like sell all those the the people's information to our our friend who gets these lists for um, political <laughs> strategizing, that'd be highly, highly, highly illegal. illegal. Yes. We would go to jail. Yeah. Uh, it's illegal. You can't do that. And it's very clear <laughs> in the yeah. law. Um that you can't do that. So he did for that. For obvious reasons. You didn't, yeah. I like, we don't have to, like, oh, is this wrong? Why is this wrong? It's like, that's, I feel like it's you, you're, you're getting, you're getting tax exemption <laughs> and, and you are and purporting not, yeah. that it is a public good mm-hmm. and then you're using it for political campaign purposes. Yes. So no. You, you it's interesting because churches are also in this same category. Yeah. And. Here in Colorado, there's the Senate. Um, always riding that line. Is the Senate proposed a bill to uh, make that line a little blurrier for mm-hmm. churches? Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been well. It's not always. Let's be really clear about when it became blurry, which was in the 80s. Prior to the 1980s, churches largely considered anything political to be really outside, like very distasteful to talk about in yes. church because yes. it was like, no, this is a we're, place for we're God. We're here to save your soul. And then and we're sometime- not talking about the dirty politics of the world. And in the 80s, this shift started to happen and conservatives got smart. I, have, I read a whole book about this. Oh, it's yeah. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, in college. Um, and then they got the conservative the, party yeah. realized that these are their voters. Yes. That are sitting in these pews. So tell them who to vote for and they'll do <laughs> but, it. But you can't say who to vote for. But you can. Oh, talk. now they just do. 
No, you can't. Then they you, do. You can't. They, Rachel Ann, they do. <laughs> you know how many stories I read with the preacher just got up there and said, vote for Trump, vote for Trump, vote for Trump? Well, they should all lose their 501c3 status. Yeah, they status. should. They should, but who controls Congress? And right. who controls all the state houses and the, go- and the but governorships? But listen to what I'm saying. So what happened was they realized that all these people were their voters in the pews, and they, they came up with sort of ingenious ways to... Uh, to yeah, subtly to tell them who to yeah for. speeches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, it's really a pretty recent thing. And in Colorado, there's some Republican senators who are trying to blur the line even more. And that's it's I won't get into the minutia of it because it'll just get killed in the House. But it is interesting. Well, and I think um, sort of tentacles of this whole thing have gotten to the Supreme Court, and the churches have skirted based on First Amendment. Yeah, religious freedom. And mm-hmm. now that we have Gorsuch, it's real scary. Yes, he's that's his that's his bag, baby. But anyway, Greitens in Missouri, who it, it, it was revealed, just if you believe the testimony of his victim, which I do, uh, he flat out raped this woman that he then blackmailed, um, and he's still the governor. And a lot of Republicans in the state are like, eh, "You really should quit, man." But they're not taking uh, uh, any sort of affirmative action to force him out. So he's the governor and he'll be the governor tomorrow. And seemingly he'll be the governor for the foreseeable future. I think I, I read an interesting piece about this too, that part of the reason they think that he doesn't, isn't resigning, even though the Republicans in his own state want him to resign is because he didn't come up through the party in that state. He was kind of like a spoiler candidate who won without party support. Yeah. And so he doesn't really have coalitions or people that, um, you know, he owes things to or that owe him things. He doesn't have those kind of alliances within the party in the state. So them saying you have to resign, he's just like, no, I don't. And they're like, no, you you do. And he's like, why? What are you going to do? Like, you've done, done you no. Know. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so, probably part of it. But part of it is he's a psychopath. Yes, he is. So yeah. you mix those things together and what you have is a guy who is going to be governor as long as he wants to be governor I guess a- until so. they literally haul him off, haul him off to jail. And then I don't know how state law works, but if they do haul him off to jail or he gets convicted, uh, does state law, and I don't know Missouri state law, can he know, can he still be governor like from prison? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea but go, what Missouri know, state law says. Probably it's whoever his lieutenant governor is would become the governor. But, but this is your insane. modern GOP. Yep. This is, this is what's happening. And there's probably going to be more shit about him because he's an awful, terrible grotesque garbage person and there is one party that consistently not that this doesn't happen sometimes with democrats it does but now the the it's like the playbook of the republican party is the worst horrible most criminal psychopathic people rise to the highest levels in this party and then the party really does not do very much to remove them from that place of power. Yeah. That, that is your modern GOP. And, you know, with, with Bannon finding these candidates under rocks and in sewers, it's just going to be more of that in 2018. I hope that, I mean. Look, you have a, <laughs> you have a literal Nazi who is going to be running for a U.S. Congress seat in Illinois. And yes, I know it's a, Democrat dominated seat and that and so serious Republicans don't bother challenging it but you still have nominated a literal Nazi for a US House seat in a district and in for Paul Ryan's seat right now it looks like there's another literal Nazi named Paul Nealon who puts up like like purely anti-Semitic straight up neo-Nazi memes on Twitter is probably going to be the Republican candidate and Paul Ryan the speaker of the House's uh, former district when he retires. This is going to happen. 
It's crazy. I mean, it, it, you know, right now, like everybody who could possibly challenge for that seat is dropping out. They don't want to bother in a seat that should be really easy or, or at least likely a Republican hold. And nobody wants to challenge the Nazi. God, this is happening. <laughs> I like I like if you didn't know anything about politics and you listen, you think I was a crazy person and I'm being hyperbolic. No, you are going to have two literal Nazis running for two U.S. House seats on the Republican ticket. And they're not people down on the ballot that I'm saying, oh, look, there's a Nazi running for the. No, they are going to be the nominees. They are going to be the Republican nominees for the United States House of Representatives. This is happening. And what does the Republican Party say? <laughs> Nothing. They're, they're saying... Shrug? Oh, boy, that Jim Comey is such a liar. We we, we sure got him now. Uh, ready to pivot to that? <laughs> Are you ready? I, I don't know. I kind of lost my mind there for a second. But it is crazy. I mean, it really is crazy. We've always known that they're... The, the Republican Party, you know, they had the dog whistles and all of that, but it really, you're right. I mean, it's really just, fuck it. We're Nazis and we rape women and no, we don't give a fuck about anybody. We give a fuck about money and fucking over poor people and power. And, and power. And that's it. I don't care about any of the rest of it. And yeah, we've got fucking racists and Nazis and rapists and criminals pedophiles and, and criminals and mobsters in our party. But and, and I'm not I to say care. that the Democratic Party is pure, okay? We got, no. we got Bob Menendez, that fucking Alan Grayson in Florida is still pops his head up and I just want to smash it like playing whack-a-mole. And we still have our horrible, awful garbage people that do emerge in our party. Yes, but it is not it has not become an institutional pillar of our party that the worst, horrible, awful dregs of society, um, for the most part, it seems, or at least the most popular ones, are put on the U.S. cabinet and in the highest positions of power are running for the highest levels of political office in this country. We – there's one party that that has become their uh, claim to fame at this point. Yeah. And it ain't ours. No. Okay. Okay. Anyway, Jesus, tap dancing Christ. <laughs> Moving on. I there's what do you what do you want to talk about now? <clears throat> well, should we should we try to try to go back and go from the week semi uh, chronological? I don't think that's possible at this point. Um, okay. Well, look, we got. Uh, I mean, we it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a few days ago <laughs> there was courtroom drama. Where Michael Cohen, I guess it was a hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this the hear? I guess it was the hearing. It wasn't a hear because Cohen hasn't been charged with anything yet. So it was it was that hearing wherein both Cohen's lawyers and Trump's lawyers were trying to get the evidence that the FBI seized suppressed or routed through them before they could use it. Yeah, they wanted to be. <laughs> just, it's hilarious, right? We you collected all this evidence against me um, in pursuit of a criminal charge. Can I have it back? Take a look at it, and then t- and then and I'll then give you. it back to you, and then you can take a look at it. And the judge, and the judge said, was like, "LOL, no, fuck no." Now, it- and the reason this is interesting. So, part of what the state said is um, part of the reason that. The argument here over attorney-client privilege is is complicated but interesting, is that they're kind of saying in their response to this motion that he's not really a lawyer. 
He doesn't really do a lot of lawyering. Well, that, yeah, and that's going to lead and, to something very interesting that happened. And so, in order to prove that, they were like, we think he only has, like, two clients. Three clients. And he's like, I have three. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like most, which is hilarious. This is his attorney. Yeah. and the, Cohen's the attorney's yeah. attorney. Yeah. yeah. And they're like most of the, the states, like most of the evidence we collected was about his business dealings. Like he's got this like taxi medallion company that's got it's some fraud and some front. Yeah. yeah. So he's got, he's got all this, this business dealings and that none of that is covered by attorney client privilege. No. And the argument about his three clients was the only conversations that would fall under attorney client privilege with those clients would be in his service as like giving legal advice to them. Right. Those are the only conversations that are privileged. Personal conversations or conversations about outside business dealings with those clients are not privileged. Right. So that's the argument the state was making. And so the judge said, okay, well, who are your three clients? We know Trump is one of your clients. We know the guy who paid off the Playboy Bunny after he knocked her up. Is there one of your clients? Who's Elliot your third? Brody, yeah. Who's your third client? And they made this very strenuous argument that he's a high profile guy and he it doesn't, doesn't really matter. He doesn't want his name revealed. And she was like, I don't fucking care. Tell me who it is. She didn't even go back. She just said, like, from the bench, uh, motion overruled. Who the fuck is your client? <laughs> and then she, he, he, he's like, Do you want me to write it down on a piece of paper or do you want me to say it out loud? And she's like, Either one's the, fine yeah, with they're, me. There are conflicting reports of what actually happened, but. And then he didn't write it down on a piece of paper. He just said out loud, It's Sean Hannity. Well, I also heard the opposite that he did write it down and then the judge said Sean Hannity, but it doesn't matter. No, no. <laughs> no, no. He, that, that, because the, the lawyers that I know, were and I heard this I think on MSNBC too. Were so shocked that he didn't write it down on a piece of paper because mm-hmm. there's that last chance that maybe if she reads it and realizes that it's Sean Hannity, she'll go, "Oh, let me think about it." Like there's that tiny, minuscule possibility that if he wrote it down, she wouldn't have revealed it because it would have been she would have realized how big a deal oh, that was. This is but he deal. didn't do that. <laughs> he just was like, "Oh, it's Sean Hannity." And, and then, then everybody, everybody lost just lost their minds. <laughs> and okay, let's talk about this. Yes, I don't know what that means, um, but it's problematic for Sean Hannity for a lot of reasons. Um, look, it, it is possible that Sean Hannity is so deluded and has his nose so far up Trump's ass that he mistakenly believes Michael Cohen is not just like a mob style fixer, but a great lawyer for some reason. Like he may no. believe that he no. might. No, I don't think so. But let, let, let's play devil's advocate hypothetical for a second and say Sean Hannity is so caught up in the Trump uh, fart smelling bubble that he's like everybody who's associated with Trump really is like a super genius, and right. a super lawyer. And, oh, I, I really want this guy's legal advice. Uh, the reality says Sean Hannity's probably a lot smarter than that. Yep. And he's worth he makes like 36 million a year and mm-hmm. he's been doing this for 800 years. So you can do the math and realize that he's fucking richer than probably richer than Trump, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. And he's got money out the wazoo. He can literally afford the best lawyers in the world for any subject. Yes. And it's, if it's a, cause he claimed it was Cohen for was a real estate thing, which makes no sense at all. Um, so I think like but Cohen, Cohen unsuccessfully tried to negotiate for some foreign Trump hotels in the former Soviet union. And none of it came through. That's his real estate came to claim to fame. But, but let's just be clear about what Sean Hannity said. Because that's going to lead into oh, yeah. what what your point's about to be. So <laughs> yeah. 
He said, uh, no, he was never my lawyer. Um, I asked him a couple of questions. I just wanted his advice on a couple of things about real estate. But under no circumstances was he my lawyer. And I just want to make a really important point that there was definitely never a third party involved. Right. So he's trying to say, hey, look, I didn't pay off the port star. (laughs) He's like, also, I assert that we have privilege. And you're like, no, it's no, not how that works. He's like, well, I handed him $10 once and oh, oh, I so assumed some of these things would be confidential. And like, I, I unpacked this with one of the lawyers that I work with <laughs> and <clears throat> even lawyers can't exactly figure out what the fuck he's trying to say. Uh, but anyway, okay. So he's not my lawyer. He's, mm. but I want privilege. Okay. So then, okay. So likely go finish what you were going to say. So. He could hire any lawyer on yeah, he could, earth he could for hire, any subject. He could hire any lawyer on earth for any issue he has, the best lawyers on earth. Um, but instead, he goes to Trump's mob fixer guy for, yes. quote, advice. Uh, but And that's just believing Sean Hannity. I would tend to believe Cohen's lawyers that, yeah, he's a client. Yeah. Like, they have a retainer, even if it's an informal one. Yeah. That, that's still, you can retain a lawyer informally. Yes-ish. Yes. <laughs> uh, as far as I understand and understanding New York, and I'm not a lawyer. I know lawyers. Rachel works for lawyers. But as far as I understand, as far as New York law goes, if you are asking legal advice in a matter that is uh, prescient to a personal interest that you are involved in or acting upon, you are de facto or common law retaining the services of that attorney? Sorry. Yes, but... Interestingly, you have to think that's your attorney. <laughs> there is no there okay. is no attorney client relationship if the client says that's not my lawyer. But but Cohen have, thinks he's you, his attorney. You can't have an accidental lawyer client relationship. Like you can, right? You if you are not clear with this person by saying I am not your attorney, um and they think that you're their attorney and you're not clear about that, they can assert that you are their lawyer, but you can't assert that they're your client if they say you're not my lawyer. Okay, well then let okay, me so ask the, you this. The reverse things are not true. Let me ask you this then. Because let, let's play devil's advocate for a second and pretend Hannity is more or less telling the truth. He's just an idiot. Yeah. Or he doesn't understand how to, how, really understand law and how to explain what happened. And he say he really did just ask his one-off advice on a, on a couple things. He never really retained him. Sure. Whatever. Why would Cohen's lawyer name him as his third client? Because he wants to assert privilege over those conversations. <laughs> he wants those conversations to have attorney-client privilege. Okay, okay. So, all right. So, ostensibly then And Cohen- Sean Hannity needs to stop saying, that's not my lawyer. He needs to stop <laughs> saying that. He is fucking himself. He needs to stop saying, that's not my lawyer. He needs to say, that's absolutely my fucking lawyer. Well, that was his panic knee-jerk reaction, Yeah, because right? he doesn't want to get involved in the scandal- but he needs to stop saying that's not my lawyer. It's really fucking stupid. Yeah, because you guess what? You can assert privilege yeah. if that's your lawyer. Yes, and then they can't read those conversations and we never get to know what the fuck happened or any conversations no, but because that again, we're having to do with legal advice. Because again, let me let me explain to you. When <laughs> when the judge signed off on a warrant to raid Michael Cohen's shit, I seriously doubt there was anything having to do with Sean Hannity on that. And so no. any, any conversations, legal conversations with Sean Hannity and Michael Cohen, wherein Michael Cohen was acting as counsel, like they can't, they can't right. take they, that and use that, that in their investigation. Team who's gonna unless they go got through, a separate warrant. That team who's going to go through all those documents, 
before it goes to the investigative team to parse through what is privileged and what is not. If Sean Hannity just left his kept his fucking mouth shut or said, yes, that's my lawyer. And that's all I'm going to say about it at uh-huh, this time. Then they would take that and go, first of all, this doesn't have anything to do with our case, so you don't need it. And second of all, that's attorney client. So it's over. But he has t- said repeatedly, it's not my lawyer. So now that that then it's not privileged. Yeah. <clears throat> He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I think he he really does need to stop saying that. He needs to just say that's my lawyer because what yeah, what he, I think his real lawyers need to, need to step in and tell him what the fuck to do. Stop. Um, well, I think he did. I didn't even think I he think, talked about it much after that first day. I, I mean, I don't watch Hannity. That he's concerned. He and yeah, let's Cohen get, let's are Let's get back to this. Let's get back to why Cohen's lawyers named him as a client. Why would they do that, Rachel? Because they want to have their conversations be privileged. And the reason that they would like to have their conversations be privileged, in my estimation, is one of two or both things. One, he absolutely has a sex thing that Michael Cohen (laughs) helped him pay somebody off. Probably. For sure. That's probably probably true. Because that's what Cohen does. It will reveal the nature of the state-run media. Because I think there was a lot of collusion between... The Trump campaign and Hannity and Fox News and, and this Giuliani, show and which and, we're going to get to and the and, New York FBI office and but know. I think that you know they probably had conversations about like hey Trump's going to do this cover it this way on your show how about of we course. talk about it like of this course, and of that is I think that may be a tipping point for some people mm. revealing mm. I'm not talking about those people <laughs> okay um. Does anybody at this point, even the people that love Fox News, no, revealing that explicitly they had conversations between the Trump campaign and Sean Hannity? No, they don't. They think that there's two sides, and Sean Hannity's covering one of them fairly and accurately, and everybody else is covering the other side, and revealing that there were explicit conversations between the campaign and now the president and his staff and his lawyer about how a news organization should cover and what to talk about and when to talk about it is fucking state-run media. Rachel Ann, do you actually think our fathers, our beloved fathers, our dads, really don't, would be shocked and don't think that Sean Hannity is coordinating with Trump's people like he was coordinating with W. Bush's people to craft the message exactly the way they want it? You do think they don't know that? And you think they care I think they don't. I think they don't want to believe it's true, oh, and I no. think they care. No, fuck yes, mine Rachel. does. So does yours. Stop. No, my dad does with not the think that. Cynicism. He knows. He knows. Stop he with the care. cynicism. It <laughs> fucking matters. <laughs> not to them. No, I, I. I. We're gonna have to disagree on this. I think the vast majority. Now, I think they would. Some would feign surprise and like Chuck Todd. Oh, this uh, this is just unheard of. You know, I think it is unheard of. (laughs) It is, and it's illegal. But we know it's been going on for how many decades now that Fox News has been in existence. I don't think it would surprise anyone. And, And then so what? So the media. There's no media police. To slap the cuffs on Hannity and say, oh, this was very unethical, Sean Hannity, that you coordinated with the White House to there be a are, mouthpiece for the no, White House. Bullshit. There are federal election laws, campaign finance laws. Okay. During the campaign, if they were coordinating with a news outlet to have coverage of one candidate in a certain way and 
not coverage of another and did not charge that candidate for ad time, but charged the other candidate for ad time, that is a campaign contribution that and is, a violation of federal election campaign finance laws. Okay, that's hard to prove because let's say Trump's advanced people or Michael Cohen. That's what, but we don't know what's in those conversations. The, these these documents that they have retrieved from Michael Cohen's office very well is hard evidence that that's exactly what fucking happened. If you say to a news organization, basically, here's the ad I want you to run for an hour nightly on your channel. Here's what you have to say. Then that's no longer news. That's an advertisement. Well, and advertisements must be paid for or it's a campaign contribution and it's illegal. <laughs> so, yeah, which means the FEC would find Fox News. Big effing deal. Nobody's going to go to jail or lose their. And who runs the FCC? No one's going to lose their license over it. Babe. That's Look, look, here's the thing, right? Let's say... Well, violating federal election laws is definitely something you can go to prison for. We were just talking about Eric Greitens, right? Yes, but that's state law. That's not federal law. Well, no, 501c3 is a IRS... Okay, the, yeah, the IRS could get involved in that, sure. Mm-hmm. But for right now, his his charges that he's... Fa- his new charges he's facing as of last night are Missouri state law. But back to Hannity, to your point, his actual lawyer at a certain point, if necessary is going to get up there and say, yeah, I know he said this and that on Twitter, but the, the reality is there is privilege here, and here's why. And there's a lot of latitude given to that. I, no. <laughs> the client has to assert that that's their lawyer. The client has to say, that's my lawyer. A lawyer can't say, that's his lawyer. You, as the client, are the person who asserts the privilege, and if you give up the privilege, then you give it up. You say, sure, but, that's but, not my lawyer. But when... <laughs> When he could walk it back, I guess. Yes, I don't when, know. When Hannity's actual lawyer sits him down and explains what the hell is going on, he will change the tune, at least in front of a judge. I mean, you know. Maybe he won't say it on Fox News. Right. He but won't say it on Fox News and he won't court. say it on Twitter, but he'll come to court. And Fox News does this all the time, right? Yeah. You know, they say one thing in the public and in the court, they often say different things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. So, and then they say, well, I wasn't under oath when I was on TV, but I, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but anyway, we're gotten really into the weeds and off track here, but it's very interesting that Hannity was named as Michael Cohen's third out of only three clients. And it could mean so many things we really don't know. We're really speculating, but it probably ain't good. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I very much doubt that uh, it was just a couple of emails that were like, hey, I... You know, you're a mob fixer with does sex stuff, but I have this question about this <laughs> about my neighbor's zoning, hedges. Yeah. The zoning issue uh, for my building. No. Hey, neighbor's hedges are serious business. Ron Paul got his ass kicked <laughs> over that. <Right>. Good call. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's very unlikely. <laughs> very unlikely that that is the bottom of it. But maybe I'm wrong. We could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I don't know if we'll ever find out because rich people do have a tendency to make things go away. So I don't know. But it was really, really interesting, and everybody freaked out for 24 hours about it. And now we've moved on to... And we thought it happened like two weeks ago. Yeah, it was like four days ago. found out it was four days ago. (laughs) (laughs) What else happened in the last few days? Uh, How much time we have before the break? Ten minutes. Okay. Um, Let's see. Well, I guess Comey went on his book tour. Is that this week? Yeah, Comey started his book tour, and and then I guess we will get that, into what happened the other night. 
Uh, Comey's on his book tour, and we have a lot of opinions about Comey. I think we've told you. I don't think we need to rehash it. Comey's a sanctimonious jackass who took it upon himself to to be a moral scold and then got himself into like one of these sitcom-like situations where he's doing the impossible task of stepping in and interfering in the election and then trying to somehow balance the scales and then screwing everything up. Which is why you don't do that. Which is why you don't do that. And like he still – he sort of admits that he screwed up but then he didn't screw up and – yeah. I will say um, that, you know, yeah, all those things are true. <laughs> He's not my boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, fuck him. But that does not mean that, that his revelations, his memos, his testimony is not going to, is not also true. No. Right. The, like but, the things yeah. he's saying about Trump, the memos that got released that also happened this week. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk about that in a second. Yeah. That, but that the, stuff is good evidence against the president. And, uh, Okay. Well, so those things can both be true. The gist of what uh, Comey is saying on these interviews on this book tour is that Trump's a dick and he's horribly insecure and he's kind of a crazy person and he really shouldn't be president. Thanks. Duh. Um, now, <laughs> the other night, uh, GOP uh, members of the House did something interesting. Well, this actually originated last week and I think we talked about it on the podcast a little bit. They sent a letter Trey to Gowdy. Trey Gowdy Goodlett and uh, our boy Noons sent a letter demanding copies of the memos that Jim Comey took. And let me explain the memos a little bit because that's getting lost in the weed too. Every time Comey had a conversation with Trump and Comey said, wow, this guy's really unhinged and he's asking crazy shit and I better cover my bases – he dictated memos and like called everybody he knew to be like, hey, take this down. The president just said this. We need to save this for posterity. Yeah. And, and then they would take notes. Yes. So it could kept, later be corroborated. Right. Yeah. He kept all these notes. He kept all these notes. Mm-hmm. So these notes have really ostensibly smart. been turned over to Mueller as part of the investigation dealing with obstruction of justice for firing Comey. Right. Now, because um, like Comey could probably see look if i get fired or some crazy shit goes down like i i need to note this because remember comey was investigating trump russia right yes and then trump fired him yes and that's where the obstruction of justice case comes from and then went on lester holt and said, said i fired him because of the russia investigation right we just have to remember that this is who jim comey is yes the reason there is an obstruction case at all being investigated is the firing of jim comey from the FBI because he was investigating Trump campaign in Russia. And it's complicated because then we can get into the Rosenstein memo and all that. But for now, that that's the bottom line. So Republicans in, in the House demanded a few days ago, like, you have 72 hours to turn over all the Comey memos to us, uh, which is really interesting because they which, supposedly concluded their investigation a couple weeks ago. Yeah. The whole thing was so fucking baffling to me. But finish the story. And then well, we'll talk there, about there's it. competing theories of why they did this. Anyway, so uh, essentially, Rosenstein and the DOJ said, "Okay, okay. here they are." And they, they redacted one, declassified like one set, declassified it, sent it over, and then they uh, made a copy of it not redacted, yeah. and privately gave that to the members of the House Intel Committee. Well, so the bottom line is that the the memos. <clears throat> 
basically back up exactly what Comey's been saying, exactly what's in the book. Exactly what his testimony exactly what before his testimony Congress before said. Congress was. Like, to a T. Yeah, to a T. And some other juicy tidbits, like he was bragging to Comey about Russian prostitutes, even though he never was with Russian prostitutes. And, and then, he was very, 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 very concerned about the dossier. Yeah, about and the dossier the and the P-tape. And <laughs> like, he kept bringing it up, like Comey didn't even ask, and he kept yeah. bringing it up. Like really wanted to talk about that it. That P-tape's crazy. Why would they say that? Why They should make that go away. And he's like, yeah. make what? what go away? What do you, I'm just, I'm telling you that this dossier is out there, and it's, well, that's obviously, that's obviously crazy. Do I look like a guy that needs hookers Comey and yeah. Mr. Comey's like I, I'm i just telling you what's in this dossier <laughs> and yes is the answer to that question <laughs> anyway so it's kind of blown up in their faces although they're trying to spin it and now the big question is like why did they do this well here's the competing theories one the first theory is that Trump gave them a you know, in order to find a reason to fire Rosenstein. And they figured, okay, DOJ has been reluctant to turn over those memos. And for a variety of reasons we won't get into, you know, we'll watch the talking heads on MSNBC explain why the DOJ would not want to do that. Um, but they had, they didn't, they were probably reluctant to do it when they were ordered to do it short of a subpoena. They said, okay. And maybe they were betting, well, maybe Rosenstein will just refuse and then we'll have a reason to fire him. Right. Number two, they may have thought, well, you know what? There's a chance that we can find a few things that don't track with what he said in front of Congress. And then we could maybe sort of have a perjury trap or we could say he's a liar or we could say he was inconsistent. And then that that feeds into the whole witch hunt thing. And, may, you know, discredit may, him. we can find some things to discredit him because <clears throat> chances are he got something wrong or, in, you know, he's been right. saying something that doesn't track with what he wrote. So there's that. <laughs> the third thing, which has got the most currency the last 24 hours, is going back and then using what they did against Hillary, this whole the madness of retroactive classification, <laughs> which is crazy, especially when you're talking about these are Comey's own memos. Yes. So if Comey has decided that they are unclassified and he can release them to the press or talk about them, like it is his discretion to do so. Um, it, it, for the most part, like I would it, think so. It, it, it's complicated and red tapey. And again, and, and the Republicans have really tried to muddy the waters here. But if, if something is released or you are handling something and, and then it is later deemed classified, unless you go after it is known to be classified and you disseminate it improperly, like that's not a crime. You can't retroactively commit a crime by disseminating information that wasn't classified at the time. I mean, that's common sense, right? Right. Of course. It's just it, like it, any other crime. It's like if I walk down the street and I, I, I took your neighbor's garbage can and moved it. And then a week later that was, it was illegal to do. They can't come and arrest me for something <laughs> that's you right. know, illegal in the future. Right. So like anything, but, any crime, but yeah. they try to use that. They tried to use that against Clinton and then say, call her a criminal for some of the emails that were on her server. And, and they've tried to do that with other people. And now they're, they're sort of trying to do it with Comey, which isn't going to go anywhere. And then the other weird, it's just like they, they got him, they read him and they were like, shit. So, <laughs> yeah, this is funny. So then they're like, "Well, we got to say something that's bad." So they yeah, just we got to spin this in some we way. We got they just start attacking his writing style. 
like his flowery prose and why, why does he describe in detail where people were sitting in a dining room scene instead of saying the one thing that was most important, which well, is whether or not he felt obstructed. Oh, no, yeah, the biggest thing was they said, well, well, these memos show clearly that he didn't think he was being obstructed. I'm like, yeah, no, that's right. No, that's not what that, the no. The whole obstruction thing came about from him being fired. fired. And he did not take the memos after, after he, was he fired. got fired and said, I think that's obstruction. He, that doesn't make any sense. It's so blindingly obvious. You really have to just, you have to stop and like just take into account and savor how incredibly stupid they think their audience is. Yeah. Their constituents in the Fox News audience, they said, these fucking morons will buy this. Yeah. Like, because yeah. they don't want them stopping to think for a second, like, oh, this this was a bad idea. Like, no, no, just feed them that there's nothing in these that say anything about obstruction. Just say that. And like, well, yeah, but that's stupid. No, no, just do it. They'll buy it. It's and fine. so it's Fox fine. News, the last 24 hours, and the, this just whole running, like, screaming, crying around the clock, this, saying that Comey memos show no obstruction. <laughs> and <then> Trump <laughs> tweets it because he does nothing but watch Fox News. And it, But this other thing is this dog whistle, right? Making fun of his flowery prose. That's just calling him faggy, right? <laughs> That's just like, oh, this faggy dude said some shit that he didn't say. It was, he's a liar. Obstruction. Nope. Are we good? Right. Okay, moving like, on. Like he like he submitted these memos to a like a uh, like a writing. Yeah, like a contest. poetry contest. And, <laughs> and Drake you hate is you, like, these suck. You bullied that Find kid a in new school, line remember? Of work. Yeah, exactly. You're like, what the fuck? Are you? That's all you got? Wow. I yeah. don't like your flowery it, prose. It's okay. Been, it's been that bad. Okay. It's been that stunningly yeah. stupid. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, there's a whole bunch more to talk to. Uh, we got the whole Starbucks yes. thing and then another race horribly racist thing in New Jersey and some other crap. So don't go, no, go, go anywhere. We'll be right back. Reverend Testimony. Uh, Rachel has something to read. Is this a segment of shit that pissed Rachel off during the break? No, it oh, it's so happy. Oh, wow. This is a new, brand new segment. Brand shit new segment. that made Rachel happy during the break. So, this I don't, is I don't a, know uh, what to expect. Is, is it a, about the dog in Australia that saved the little girl? No, that's lovely, though. This okay. is hilarious. Um, this is a tweet thread by... I'm going to go on a limb with my whiteness and try to pronounce this, and I'm sorry if I get it wrong. Tariq Musa, um, and here is what it says. <laughs> Sorry, it's so funny. 
I'm no conservative, but I'm sad to hear the news that Kevlin Williamson's has been censored by the SJWs and feminists and is now forced to write on a GeoCities page called The Wall Street Journal. Maybe us critics went too far. No one has ever heard of this site. He probably was paid an exposure, the poor lamb. <laughs> I need to watch out that my Twitter account doesn't become part of a mob that forces a financially secure straight white man who wants to see women hung for wanting health care into writing for undeleted MySpace pages like the Wall Street Journals. Probably has gifts and many. <laughs> I think it's high time we take a really strong look at ourselves in the mirror and ask, do we really want to silence white men who tell us they're silenced in one of the most read publications in the world? Truly a thoughtful moment is on us. Dear at WSJ, I don't even know if people follow your small site or Twitter, but thank you for bringing to light the silenced voice of conservative white men who control and lead all three branches of the U.S. government. I hope to see your little site grow in the future. I think it's important for us to hear from voices outside more progressive silos, because if it wasn't for these small sites like Wall Street's Journal and endless coverage, unsolicited direct messages, entirety of history, I'm not sure how we'd hear white male patriarchy's views. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just because marginalized voices speaking out is direct, uh, directly about dismantling centuries of racist, sexist, transphobic, homophobic, colonialist, established orthodoxy in every facet of society doesn't mean we should censor the white men in power who many of us dead. Instead of our free expression to indicate displeasure, allowing powerful editors who run even more powerful media sites to make decisions, we should rather be silent and let white male patriarchy spit its poison into our lives because that's what listening means, damn it. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Kevin Williamson. Thank you to your supporters. I'm glad to know conservative thought is original and powerful and not merely a cloak covering the splintering of fossilized ideas buried under the weight of progress made manifest by those at once oppressed. Uh, so Alexander Petrie, Alexandra Petrie had something very similar in the Washington Post. That's amazing. Um, yeah, we talked about the Williamson thing, right? I don't think we. Yeah, I think we it. did. Anyway, uh, Barbara Bush's funeral today, and MSNBC is bringing us every second of it. Yes, there are people uh, standing outside a church. We it, should look at them, and they are all white. Yeah, I literally have not seen one person. Oh, that's fine. It's a funeral. It's the friends and family. What I'm, but I literally, I've been, I've been watching, and I'm looking for. Other than the Obamas? person that is, what, did they go? Oh yeah. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Other than the, the Obamas might be it. Um, I'm looking, we're looking right now at just this sea of people. It's all middle aged and old white people. So Barbara but, Bush died. Well, let me talk about Babs for a second. Yeah. Oh wait, I saw a black person. <laughs> um, maybe it was Michelle. Uh, not to be glib. I'm sorry, but Okay. So I had totally forgotten until last night and like the light bulb went on over my head because she died a couple days ago, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, oh yeah, I went to kindergarten with her grandson. Right. <laughs> uh, I did. I think I've told the story if you're a regular listener. I went to kindergarten at Gulliver Preparatory School in Miami with George P. Bush, who is now, I think he's still the agriculture, agriculture comptroller in Texas, and they were going to groom him to be the next big thing, except for the fact that the Bush name just is not really great anymore in terms of presidential politics. But he's probably going to run for governor of Texas at some point. And I've got, I, I want to talk about the Bushes for a hot minute. First, let me talk about Babs. Babs, for the most part, it, it, except for like the, the comedy ultra-liberal corners of Twitter, <coughs> is being revered as just a really great lady and she wasn't really that conservative even though she spawned all these horrible conservative men. and uh, eh, It's a mixed bag. And, and, and let me tell you some wonderful things that she did do. Uh, in the 80s, in the midst of the AIDS crisis, especially when 
and I don't remember the exact year she did this, but it was still very much at a time that there were lots of myths about AIDS and they, they didn't want the, their kids in school with kids that had AIDS and you could get AIDS from a handshake and kissing and all this other garbage. She knew better. And so she went into hospitals and hospice type settings and like hugged and kissed AIDS patients in front of the cameras to show America, no, these people are not lepers. We, we should not treat them as, you know, these things. And which makes me want to cry about how wonderful it is. Yes. Like that, you have to remember the time that that was. Yes. And how profound that is. Yeah. That was a lovely, lovely thing to do. The flip side of that, she's also said things, and this is not an isolated incident. For instance, after Hurricane Katrina, yes. they put a camera in front of her face and she said, well, all these poor people, all these poor black people living in the Astrodome might not be that bad because they're just really poor anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, lady. And come she on. said some, uh, her position on Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill is yeah. pretty much unforgivable for yes. me. Yeah. Um, As she, for a lot of people's, it's not, not yeah. to single her out, but yeah. Well, she never recanted though. She, right. to the end, Clarence Thomas is a lovely man and I don't believe Anita Hill and she must be lying. Yeah. And that is, uh, that is a stain on her legacy. So let's be real, okay? Barbara Bush is not a saint. No. Nope. Uh, she, by all accounts, was a, a nice lady to the people close to her, to White House staff, to family, to press, and she did some very nice things, and maybe... Like some people say, oh, in her heart of hearts, she wasn't so conservative. Like you She know, was pro-choice. Yeah, she was pro-choice. And even though she comes from all of these people and surrounded by, in politics, these men that uh, were fervently pro-life and tried to make that case known, she wasn't having it. She yeah. was like, I don't give a shit. I'm pro-life <laughs> or pro-choice, period. And that's commendable. So, you know, like most people, mixed bag. Yep. She's not a saint, not a devil. She's, yeah. you know... Yeah, yeah it, certainly I wouldn't say like when, you know, Betsy DeVos finally kicks the bucket. I mean, no, that's I don't not know a mixed bag. <laughs> that, I don't know that we're going to find a lot of redeeming qualities there, right? Right. Uh, but, you know, Babs, mixed bag. Yeah. Let's, can, can we go with that? Can yeah. we agree to that? Yeah. Not a devil, not a saint, by accounts for the most part, a nice lady. A really nice lady who lived her life by... I think principles of love. She seemed to have a lot of love in her heart uh, and compassion. And for all I know, I may have met her at some point. Yeah. I've definitely met Jeb a bunch of times, and <laughs> I think I've talked about that ad nauseum. Yeah. Jeb, my buddy Jeb. And I obviously know Jeb's kid, George P., uh, although he, if I met him today, he wouldn't know who the hell I was. But right. I'd remember, hey, Gulliver Prep, 1980, remember? He'd be like, what? <laughs> You shouldn't me. You had secret service in your classroom. We had secret service in the classroom or outside the classroom. I just remember, yeah. I do vaguely remember a few guys in suits, like it was dark sunglasses, like hanging out and yeah. coming to, and then I played against him in football, you know, it's seventh and eighth grade. And I remember the secret service kind of just being there, hanging out. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm, and I saw Jeb at was, those games because he lived in South Florida. Yeah. He was, she was really, really, really fucking old. And, um, I don't think HW will last much longer. Um, And, you know, I think, yeah. Yeah, he's not looking good. They just showed him and, like, his face is droopy. They've been married for 73 years. That's that's insane. Yeah. That is just insane. He doesn't have any frame of reference for a life without her. Let me me totally switch gears and talk about the Bush family as a microcosm of this myth that conservative voters, Republican voters in general, really do this identity thing and like are into one of their own. Uh, the the 
Bush family has sort of relocated the family farm to Texas and become very Texan. Uh, I remember um, my when my good buddy Pierre, the guy who started this podcast with me way back in the day, got married. He got like the, the honeymoon suite at the St. Anthony Hotel in right in the middle of downtown San Antonio. Yeah. Like the oldest, nicest hotel. And, and I saw his suite and there's a big portrait of G.H.W. Bush in there. Um, what? Or Why? was it? Or maybe it was W. No, it wasn't W. I think it was G H W Bush, because Texas has sort of adopted the Bush family. But here's the thing: they're not from Texas. They're from Connecticut. They are, they are sort of Kennedy-like, um, northeastern country club aristocracy. <laughs> they, they're, they're not like they're not Texas oil rancher. People. No, no, they made their money in Texas oil. And Texas oil kind of adopted them. And, and George managed, even though he's from Connecticut, he took on the Texas drawl and he still got it. Mm-hmm. And, but he's from fucking Connecticut. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. They are not Texans, but they sort of adopted Texas. Just in the, in the very same way that Donald J. Trump, this loudmouth mob guy from Queens the the farmers in Iowa and the the coal miners in West Virginia and the the blue collar construction site guys in Pennsylvania have have quote adopted him as one of their own he's not one of their own no no he he's a no. he's a rich socialite <laughs> playboy bunny banging mob schmoozing new york real estate guy yeah but when you say shit that they like, then they adopt you as one of their own. Like people said, like, oh, Mitt Romney can't connect because he's this rich Massachusetts aristocrat. It's like, no, no. He, he the, Mitt Romney's problem was he was going against Barack Obama. Let's face it. Well, and he was, he didn't, I agree with that. He did not connect because he didn't try to do what Trump and uh, W did, which is pretend well, to be one of them. W went with the folksy, aw shucks. You know, right. I'm just good right. old boy derp thing. And like that I told played. you, like, I remember one of the first, like, presidential debates that I, when I was really, like, starting to be in tune to politics, uh, was the uh, Al Gore uh, W. Bush debate. Oh, and it was Lord. so painful to watch because Bush was so likable and Al Gore was so unlikable. Yeah, but Bush was a likable idiot. Like he yes. clearly didn't know he, he was like clearly unqualified. Yeah. And didn't know what he was talking about or what he was no, doing. But and it his didn't answers matter. were incoherent. It didn't but matter. But he came across as oh, he's such a nice, folksy, good old boy. He's like a nice guy. He's like a nice normal guy you want to have a beer with. People kept saying that. And then and Al, Al Gore, like a boring asshole. An asshole, yeah. He was <laughs> just like all these grumpy noises and faces and just stiff and kind of mean and I just remember thinking which like, was ironically oh. very real right he's like I can't believe I'm having to debate yeah. this fucking idiot yeah this moron yeah. this simpleton who doesn't know what he's talking about but that came across and Marge and Dubuque was like oh that Al Gore is a jerk yeah and he's being mean like to him. this nice folksy and my dad guy. was like he's so smug and look at his face and he's and right he's, yeah he's no right. he's right yep and I yep. thought you know what that's true but ultimately Americans like want a competent leader who knows what he's talking about nope they, they want somebody they like. <laughs> yes. Well, technically, Al Gore won that election. but and Technically, Hillary Clinton <laughs> won the election. That doesn't matter. When you could get it close enough for the Electoral College to fuck up, they inevitably will, and it won't help us. Yep. 
So we've learned that lesson now twice. When we How have many times do we unlikable candidates, they lose, even if they are highly overqualified. Yeah, the press did a lot to help the unlikability of both of those, especially yes. Hillary Clinton. Al Gore didn't do himself any favors by the way he acted and then picking Joe Lieberman, which was an awful, brutal choice as vice president. But I'm not going to rehash 2000. Yeah. Anyway, my whole rambling point was there there was this notion all along that, you know, the, the Americans want somebody they could personally identify with because it could be their neighbor. Like, no, Americans want people who say the shit they want to hear. Yeah. Even if it's jingoism and racism and nonsense. If, yeah. Yep. That's what they relate to. Yeah. So anyway, uh, now that we've wasted that much time. <laughs> on the bushes. <laughs> on the bushes. Uh, moving on. What's next? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> you said you wanted to talk about North Korea? Oh, yeah, real quick. Uh, Kim Jong-un said a bunch of interesting shit yesterday, and then Trump did a victory dance about where he said, "We're kind of, Kim Jong-un, after a talks with a South Korean leader, said, we're kind of done testing our long-range missiles and stuff, and we're going to scale back some of our testing. And then he added some flowery rhetoric about, like, now maybe we can talk about world denuclearization. And it was a stark change in rhetoric. Yeah. And I do have to admit that. And that's always positive. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if it means anything. Because you have to pay attention to what was actually said. What Kim Jong-un actually said was, oh, we don't need any more testing because our ICBM, yeah, we're good. We're gonna, that, That's done. Right. We, we have this technology now. He's probably, that's probably not the whole truth. <laughs> right. But it, it's also like trying to hedge and tell his people... <laughs> Oh no, we th- this is done. We're good. We don't we don't even need to test anymore because mm-hmm. yeah, this is good now. And now that it, what what Kim Jong Un is trying to say, which Trump and the media are totally misinterpreting, he's saying like we're in the nuclear club now. Yeah. Hi. Welcome. Hi. We're welcome world us. power now. Yeah. So now let's now let's all talk as peers and equals mm-hmm. and like figure out some stuff. Right. So Trump, being the moron he is. He says, oh, look, look what I did. And now, you know, he's saying these things and this is great. And we're looking forward to all the things. And Kim Jong-un said, yeah, keep talking, jackass. Mm -hmm. You're doing exactly what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. Um, North Korea is not any less of a threat than they were yesterday. They are not any less of a human rights abuser of their own people. They They still have captors. People that have they have captured from all over the world and are ostensibly probably torturing them just like they did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, it's nothing it's substantive like, of it. Do you remember the South Park movie America, the, the fuck yeah, whatever it was called with yeah. the puppets, mm-hmm. where they basically lamp, lampoon this that like they like they think silly American like liberals and actors will warm Kim Il the his dad Kim Jong Il's heart. And then he'll be a nice guy. It's yeah. like Trump is literally doing that. Yeah. Like from that movie. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you want to slap your forehead and say, Jesus fucking Christ, are you a moron? And the answer is yes. Yes. So the the media is going to run with these things he said, with the change in rhetoric, and think we're headed towards world peace and a North Korea disarmament. And we're not anywhere close to that. No. So that's all I'm going to say about that. You know, I. Not a bad, potentially sort of first step, maybe. Anytime you, you ratchet down the rhetoric, I think that's yes. that's a decent. I think that's good. But in the grand scheme of things, it means nothing. No. Nothing substantive was accomplished. No, no absolutely nothing. Okay. Uh, so moving on from that, what's next? Uh, let's see. Uh, Chuck Schumer announced today that he is officially going to try to decriminalize marijuana at the yeah. federal level. What fucking took so long, Chuckles? Yeah. 
Um, which is great. I appreciate that. <laughs> Sessions is item <clears throat> on that. I guess that's gonna be a thing. Um, I mean, you know, Corey Gardner this week. Uh, he was. I think it was this week. It might have been last week, and I don't think we talked about it. Corey Gardner's the senator from Colorado. Um, Our man. He is Corey. a Republican coward. I hate him. But anyway, <laughs> he's the worst. We have trolled him very hard for a very long time. He um he's the one that famously won't do town halls and won't show up and where's Corey and all those things. Yeah. Anyway, um he legal pot in Colorado is very popular. Um and he's, yeah, it's like oil and gas. Like it's don't care it's, how what a conservative Republican are, you can't fight weed. No, and it's not because of of corporate interests as in oil and gas. It's because it's widely popular among the people. Yes, we are not going back. And Cory Gardner realized that at some point and decided to hold up judicial nominations in the Senate for Trump's people unless he could get uh, guarantee out of sessions that he they would not come after our legal weed. And they finally came to an agreement this week um, that they will not come after Colorado's legal weed. And so he's not going to hold up the judicial nominations anymore. Yeah. I don't know how he actually feels about weed. I don't really care. Um it may just be a political thing because he knows he's up for election in 2020 and he's very unpopular. Who's Schumer? No, uh, Gardner. Oh, Gardner, yeah, yeah. He's very, very unpopular in the state and he'll probably lose. So I think he was, this is like, you know, throwing a bone to like every Coloradoan because um, we're all kind of on board with the weed thing. Yeah, but I think more broadly, like we were saying, I, it's like oil and gas. You can't be a Democrat, not a viable Democrat in the state and come out hard against oil and gas. It's just too entrenched in the Colorado economy. And now weed is too. Yeah. So I don't care what a conservative Republican are and all the reefer madness and how much you hate it. Like you you can't, and a couple have, a few have, and they, they just get destroyed. Yeah. And then they change their position. I think, I think Tancredo was on the anti-weed train. He is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he's not in politics anymore. Yeah. He's not even running. (laughs) Nope. Couldn't even get enough money to run. So that just shows you where that, how that uh, yeah, window has moved. Yes. So. So anyway, um, I think it's good on a federal level. I think we, you know, we just had 420, which is the big pot holiday, oh, and in Colorado, downtown yeah, downtown Denver, they have the big 420 thing, which is kind of weird because we're not public consumption is illegal still. You can't smoke pot in public. Not really, public consumption is illegal still. Do they arrest people? I'm just finishing a sentence. No, I'm not going to let you finish it. Answer the question. <laughs> Don't wait for the translation. <laughs> uh, so they have this big festival, and you're not supposed to smoke pot at it. Um, and <laughs> you're not supposed to smoke tens pot of at thousands, Coachella either. <laughs> tens of thousands of people descend on the city of Denver from all over the country and probably the world, in addition to all the citizens of Colorado. It's a fucking nightmare if you live here. And then they all smoke pot in the park. And what is the cops going to arrest 100,000 people? Yeah, like, you're, not, you're not supposed to smoke pot at Red Rocks either, but funnily enough, I've smelled some marijuana there, Keep it? It's a pot festival. I was trying to explain this to people at work and they were like, no, you ha- it's what it's for. And I was like, yeah, no, I know. It's just illegal. <laughs> and they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's illegal. But nobody, they're not going to enforce anything. Like, you probably shouldn't blow pot smoke in a cop's face. <laughs> but other than that, at, what did I'm you sure get that into? happened too. I'm sure it did. And I think it's still, you don't get arrested. You just get a ticket. Yeah. So there were a bunch of guys downtown that looked like they were right out of a, came from a spin doctor's concert. Oh my God. Like they had their hacky sacks and white yep. boy dreads. And- yep. That's what they think like, pot oh, is. It's God. they're definitely you can tell the tourists from the people who live here uh, because Usually. the tourists just get into like they think. Oh my like God! This, was that the casket rolling this away? Pot no, culture. Okay. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, just... Okay. <laughs> God. 
God. Sorry. <laughs> um, they think there's this like pot culture, right? Like, oh, we got to go to Colorado. We got to get our white boy dreads and our spin doctors t-shirts and Grateful Dead. And it's just not like that here. Just normal people smoke pot because yeah. it's just pot. Anyway, I think the thing we have to remember is that um, it's all fine and good that pot's legal. But until we wipe the records of every person who's ever been arrested and or charged with marijuana violations prior to it being legal and after it being legal, it's a miscarriage of justice. Well, there was a bill that was brought to the uh, the state house for that, I know, yep. last year. And I think Republicans I think, shot it down. <clears throat> I think it died in the Senate. Yeah. But I think there's another push um, to do so. And Hickenlooper indicated that he's thinking about just going ahead and like just pardoning whatever he can do to do that because it really is um a miscarriage of justice that it is legal and people still have it on their records and that all over the country where it's not legal um half of the uh, drug uh crimes are marijuana related yeah um so there's a lot of people wasting away in jail most of them people of color i'd like to point out yes um, and it's not like it's only people of color who smoke pot everybody fucking smokes pot only people of color get stopped and frisked and searched and or over policed. Yeah, they're not breaking down the dorms at CU Boulder <laughs> to make sure the white kids are not smoking pot before it was legal. That's not happening. No. But they are definitely stopping and frisking people of color on the streets in New York City and in low income neighborhoods and searching their cars and finding pot and, and over policing their neighborhoods. And that's the thing we can't forget. Well, good segue because now let's talk about Starbucks and LA Fitness. Okay. So I think we talked last week about the incident at Starbucks where two African-American men sat down and literally two minutes later, the cops came and hauled them off. Yeah, I don't even think they sat down. They were just standing. No, I think they, oh, well, I don't know. They were just standing in the lobby. There were two business developers standing in the lobby waiting for uh, one of their business contacts. Real estate guys, I think. Yeah. And he, they were waiting for him to come in so they can go get some coffee and have a conversation about business. And the manager uh, of the Starbucks uh, asked them to leave because they had not purchased anything yet because they were waiting for their fucking business contact, which is a very normal thing to do because it's weird if you already have your coffee and you were planning on buying them coffee, right? Mm -hmm. Just social cues. It's weird to already have your coffee when your client comes in and then you're like, oh, go get your own. It's just so they were just waiting for him to get there so they could go buy coffee. The manager asked them to leave and then called the cops and the cops came and arrested them for <laughs> loitering in the Starbucks. Well, it blew up and Starbucks, it was horrible PR for Starbucks. It's not seemingly horrible PR for the Philly PD for some reason, but <coughs> no. for Starbucks, horrible, horrible, horrible PR. They apologized profusely. They've gone out of their way to try to address it. They Closed every Starbucks store for a day to do they sensitivity going to. training. They May 29th. And it's not sensitivity training to be specific. It's racial bias training, which is really different and really good. Yeah. Um, it makes white people really, really uncomfortable. Um, but it should be a sustained thing, not a one day thing. Yes. That's the problem. And the number of white ladies that are bitching about Starbucks being closed on one day makes me want to burn the fucking world down. Hey, I, Shut I, up. And I got to say, if you're a mega franchise like Starbucks, closing every franchise 
for one day, that's a losing a lot of money. It is. But, you know, that's them being long-term, like, we have to get out in front of us or address this or we're going to lose way more than yes. what we're going to lose for closing. The CEO met with the two men personally and apologized. The manager was fired. Mm-hmm. Um, the Philadelphia Police Department said, no, we did everything right. They, this is a business. This is the thing that is so frustrating. Let's tell the LA Fitness story really quick and then we're going to talk about who broke a law? Okay. So in Secaucus, New Jersey, uh, this was actually a much more egregious thing. Yeah. And it's not getting enough coverage. Um, but hopefully it will in the next few days once it – I mean the, the post went viral. It's not much viral. more egregious because the, these men spent nine hours in jail for okay. literally doing nothing. I guess you're right. Uh, so this guy in Secaucus, New Jersey, a black guy, um, and his buddy, also a black guy – the guy, the first guy is a member of LA fitness and went to go for a workout and brought his buddy to go work out with him on what they call a guest pass. And if you've ever gone to a gym or been a gym member, every gym has this thing where you can bring somebody a different, I think once a month you can bring a different person to work out free for a day with you because you know, you want to get them in the door and you want to get them to buy their own right. thing. You smart know, it's, business. It's marketing. Practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did that. He swiped in with his membership that he pays probably way too much for a month. And he signed, they both signed in like they were supposed to. And he got his buddy, the guest pass and they're working out. And a few minutes into the workout, uh, and I don't know if it was an employer, a manager, or anything, an employee goes to the friend and goes, you're not a member here. You know, you have to leave. And he said, no, no, I'm, I'm a guest of my buddy here who is a member. And I signed in and, and I then, got my four day guest said, pass. Okay, and they walked away, and then they came back, and they said, "No, no, you have to leave." And then the, the guy who was a member said, "No, I'm a member. I swiped in. We signed in. He's here on a guest pass. We're fine." They said, "No, you have to leave," and they were like, "No, no, we I'm don't. a member. We're not leaving. Go away." Yeah, <laughs> resume their workout, and this is literally what they were doing. They were working out, and so finally, the manager, either the manager and the manager, the cops come and say. No, you guys have to leave. Now, it's important to note they are the only African-Americans at the time in the LA Fitness. So the cops come and they say, you guys have to leave. So the member goes, okay. Whips out his phone, starts recording. Said, I'm going to record this interaction because this is bullshit. What are we doing? What are we doing here? And in classic cop fashion, on camera, the cop says, you are not allowed to film. You have to put that camera away. He's like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm filming. I'm allowed to film. And then the cop kind of backs off on that when he realizes, oh, yeah, I'm being filmed right now. And me saying that bullshit is about to go worldwide. Yeah. So I better not keep pushing it. Yeah. Uh, so the cop backs off from that. But the cop and the man and the manager. And then on camera, you can see this because the post went viral. The guy goes, I am a paying customer and this guy's here. Am I, he's being totally calm and rational, by the way. I watched this video. The, my buddy here is on a guest pass. We both signed in. This is my working membership. Look, I will swipe and it'll show it. I guess it like swipes green or something yeah. when you're a me- like member and your membership's in good standing. Here, see? What's the problem? And the cop is kind of like, the manager says you have to leave. That's that's the rules. Let's let's just leave, okay? And they go, okay, great. Got this all on video. Bye. We're leaving. Enjoy being famous on Facebook. I forget what he said to the manager guy. Yeah. And they walked out. They posted it. It went viral. What the fuck? What the fuck? Now, let me let me relate you a story of incredible white privilege, specifically with LA Fitness, that I encountered. Yes. That is 
so opposite from this. So when I lived in Miami a few years back, my buddy had an LA fitness membership. This is in the suburbs of Miami. And, you know, he asked me to come work out with him on his guest pass. And I went and worked out with him and signed in and like nobody cared. I don't think anybody even paid attention, but I signed in and I went and worked out. And then like a few, like a week later, he asked me to come do it again. And I was like, can't you only do it once a month? They don't care. And so I did it again and it worked out and nobody batted an eye, looked, asked for ID. I just walked right in and did it. And it sort of occurred to me, like, nobody seems to be paying attention or caring. I think I'm going to just try to go in one day without him. And if I get kicked out, I get kicked out and I'll, you know, I'll go work out at the college or something. Right. So I just walked on in. Nobody looked at me. Nobody asked any questions. I just walked in, didn't sign anything, worked out. And I like did that, I think, 10 more times. (laughs) And no one ever. No one ever looked, asked, commented. Nobody cared. Confirmed. Confirmed. Nobody cared. Straight white dude. Straight white dude. What are you going to say? Some girl was on her phone and snapping gum and kind of like, I don't even looked at me. I said, hi, went in, worked out. Nobody gave a crap. Yeah. So I essentially a free L.A fitness membership just for the virtue of being a white man. It like, it reminds me of an, uh, an Eddie Murphy sketch from the eighties from Saturday night live where he paints himself white. And he, and he talks about how, if you're a white person, you just get all this free shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Oh yeah, I lived that. Yeah, it's true. And like, you know, <laughs> we were saying the other day, like, cause even if they started to get like, I don't think this guy has a membership or like he's not, he's not signing in. Pissing off a white dude is not a thing that people want to do. No. Because then they come to you and they're like, hey, do you have a membership? You didn't sign in. And you're like, excuse what? me? What are you implying? Are you implying that I'm not a member here? Get I'll away from me. I'll call my lawyer. Yeah. I want to talk to your boss. I want to talk, talk to, to the, the manager. manager. That's a really white lady thing. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Marge loves to talk to the manager. Oh, does she love um, talking to the manager? <laughs> their expired coupon. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, right? These guys did literally nothing wrong. They followed all of the rules. This guy's got a paid membership. Yes. He's and paying by, for, for the honor of racism. And using the marketing the marketing program of LA Fitness brought his buddy in. Right? It's their marketing program that allows his buddy to be there. They want this. And again, like the Starbucks thing, this is all on video. So and maybe I'm missing to, something, but I don't no, think so. We ha- this is the thing. This is the two things that I want to say. First of all, I'm so fucking tired of white people being like, I want to know the context. I want to know the context. There must be more. Co- the context is racism. Yeah. And two, this is not something that's happening more often. This is one of those. We just are looking at it now. Yeah. Now we have cell phone video. Yes. And third. <clears throat> In this situation, who is breaking a law? Okay. This is a public accommodation. Back in the 60s, those people sitting at that lunch counter, right? Those four black people sitting at the Woolworths lunch counter, where segregation was still a thing, sat in a public accommodation and had an angry mob of white people pour food on them to make the point to get public accommodations written into civil rights law, which happened, which says you cannot discriminate against people in public accommodations based on race and a host of other things. So it is their right to be there. Now, maybe Planet Fitness is a little different because it's a membership, but he's a member. 
So the person who broke the law at Starbucks is the cops because they broke the law that says you cannot discriminate during public with public accommodations. They arrested these people and violated that law. And I would like to see something happen about that. Yeah. Their one minor caveat is at that point, since they hadn't bought anything, they can use the excuse of them not being paying customers and quote loitering. So no, (laughs) how many people were in there that hadn't bought anything? This white guy on the video who was amazing is yelling at the cops. He's like, what about her? Has she bought anything yet? What about him? I haven't bought anything yet. Are you going to arrest me? What about them? What about him? How come these two specific individuals are being arrested? Right. I'm saying that's what the the excuse the cops are using though. Yes. Well, but so, but that, that can't be a law, right? Because then, well, I walked in and I'm here for 10. How, how long is it until it's loitering? 10 seconds? Right. Do I step one foot in the door, I can't even get to the counter and the cops get called? It, that's yeah, a that, slippery slope. That's not, yeah, that, that's not written into the law. It's just the manager at that point decided these aren't paying customers and they're loitering. I mean, what you really thought is we don't want these black guys, these scary looking black guys yeah. sitting in here, you know, causing trouble. Their mere presence in black bodies is disruptive. Yes. 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 And that's the larger problem. So but what the it cops is should have done said, you're wasting our time. These men aren't breaking any laws. <laughs> L- and you're L- not allowed to discriminate against them. LOL, no. On the basis of race. And that's my problem with the Starbucks situation. A, nobody is talking about the rationale or why this lady called the cops or if she was trained to do so as a manager or what that thinking was. And nobody is talking about why the Philly cops decided that it was okay for them to arrest these men and why they didn't just laugh in the manager's face and walk out. That's what the cops should have done. The cops, the cops should, should have, have fucking racial bias training as well. Yeah. That's what I would have done if I were a cop. I would have walked in and I would have said, maybe talk to some witnesses and said, was any, was there any disruption going on? Right. Are they causing are problems? Are they causing problems or they... what, why, or ask the manager, why did you call us? They're waiting for a friend, which is a totally normal thing that you do at a Starbucks. Yeah. What's the problem? Well, they're, they're loitering. Well, they're going to buy something when their friend gets here. Yeah. Stop wasting our time. No, I'm not arresting them. You called me because they're black. You can't discriminate based on race. I'm going to slap you with filing a false police report if you call us again. Don't ever do that. Do you know how many times the cops show up to like a domestic violence situation and there's clear evidence of violence and they just try to be like, look, can we just not do this yeah. and file the paperwork and go home? Yeah. Like, seriously, that shit happens all the time. Because white supremacy and patriarchy. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing we can do, ma'am. I'm sorry that you have a black eye, but I can't prove that. Or we don't want to bother. Like, this is the, isn't this the classic case where the cops should have been their fucking lazy selves and been like, look, there's no. nothing going on this here. Is, there's no crime Can being just, committed. But no, because there's two black men and. Yes. Yeah. And scared white lady. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if she was white or Asian, but that's kind of not, not really important. No. Uh, anyway, we got about 10 minutes left. What else we got? Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, the president is a, is a maniacal, crazy fucking person who, yes, is literally rage tweeting. Oh, he tweeted something interesting this morning. Um, <laughs> he said, I-, I hope my boy Cohen doesn't flip or Cohen's not going to flip. It'll be fine. Like. Yeah. Why would he flip like, unless what, you've what do committed you mean? a crime? Like, there's no flipping fear on what a, flip, flipping what for what? No, well, yeah, flipping. I guess he prefaced it by saying, like, they can get people to flip for no reason, but Cohen's not going to flip anyway. 
Okay. Okay. Like, so, are you implying other people will? Like, what are you saying? Like, yeah. I, I guess, I guess this. Oh, we didn't even get to Giuliani. So I guess. Oh this, yeah, yeah. I guess this is the the wise legal advice of Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> so he brought on Rudy Giuliani officially one or two days ago as part of his legal team, which is problematic for a variety of reasons. But Giuliani then went to the press and said, "Yeah, now that I'm I'm on the Trump legal team." I'm going to make a deal with Mueller and we're going to wrap up this investigation in a week or two. I'm going to make a deal with Mueller to get this investigation wrapped up. Explain to me what? why he would say that because what? when a week or two passes, then what? I don't know. Then does he get fired? Does he feel like he's intimidating Mueller by saying that? Or like, what? Mueller's going to be like, or no. Okay, go away. I'm busy. He's not going to say anything. Go away. I'm busy. He's not going to even not, take his call. No. Unless he's saying, is your client ready to cooperate and talk to us? Is right. he ready to testify? I'm, I'm ready to take his uh, deposition Just, now. Yeah, yeah. Is that what he's saying? That's, that's. Maybe Giuliani's dumb enough to think, oh yeah, just go in there and bullshit and then it'll be done. Like, I, I what, like what, it, explain to me what's going well, on here. Well, Rudy Giuliani has no authority over Robert Mueller at all. Yeah, obviously, but let's pretend he's <laughs> acting as Trump's counsel. No, I have no, I have no idea. I have no idea. Because, okay, if he's acting as Trump's counsel, Trump hasn't been charged with anything, so there's no plea deal to make. That would be shutting it down, sure, right? That would be right. ending this thing. Right. But he hasn't been charged with any crimes, so there's no, nothing to plea down, because there's no crimes been charged yet. No, but It's you just can, an investigation. Yes, but you can perspectively... If... If fucking lawyers could make cops stop investigations, don't you think that that's how the world would work? Well, Julie, lawyers cannot make law enforcement stop investigating something. So is Giuliani's, lawyers are not supermen. Is Giuliani's ego so out of control that he's actually screwing Trump a whole lot more and thinking he's going to magically fix something that, or 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 is oh God, there or like what is his plan here? Or does he have enough chums in the New York FBI that he thinks he can? Con or blackmail Mueller or leak things like what? What like what is I don't he? Know. And that like wouldn't he have been doing that already? Like what? What is he up to? I ha- I it's guess so baffling. Hypothesize. He's um he's been banging Mueller's wife for <laughs> the last year, and he's gonna That's threaten. That's not gonna help him to. Expose the affair. I don't know. I really don't know. I uh, maybe he, I think he likes to or, be on TV. Or Mueller's been banging somebody. Yeah, it's always possible. Like that matters anymore. Uh, if he thinks he could extort him with it, did not or blow Mueller up his marriage. Is not he's probably, that guy. He's probably not. But who knows? I mean, I don't care Men who he's banging. Anyway, and I don't either. But <laughs> I don't I'm care like, who anybody's well, banging. Seriously, Rudy. Rudy went to the press yesterday and said, I'm going to wrap up this Mueller investigation in a week or two. What is the utility of saying Are you that? going to go tell Mueller exactly the ways in which Trump colluded? That would help wrap up the investigation. <laughs> just be like, look, you want this done with? Great. I'll just go tell him everything. Good luck. Then he doesn't have to investigate and then anymore. Go, and then we'll go to court and good luck. I, or if you're pleading, though, I, I don't understand. I really don't. <laughs> I don't know what I, he I, thinks he can do. To stop this, I don't know what he thinks he can do because I don't see anything that he can do. Uh, He's a magic man, mama. Mating, hit, making his client confess. That's it. <laughs> Assuming not that. <laughs> Assuming that's so, probably uh, not the plan. Confessing the crimes he hasn't actually been charged with yet. Yeah. 
what is he going to do? Luca Brazzi? Is he going to like either, either your brains or signature will be on this paper <laughs> saying there's no collusion. I like what, what is happening? Please. And he's, is it his claim to fame? Like he's like the big mob prosecutor. Yes. Yeah. He puts mobsters away or he did. And drug dealers and now, back in the day. Same with Chris Christie. Now Why he's... hasn't he hired Chris Christie as legal team? <laughs> <laughs> he's next. The... What's the what's the New York guy, Elliot um Spitzer? Spitzer. He was also into taking down the mob, right? I don't he's think Spitzer's returning his calls. I don't think so either. <laughs> he's actually a good lawyer. <laughs> oh, and Sessions came out yesterday and said if you fire Rosenstein, I'll quit too. Oh. Which at first was probably like, great, I want you the fuck out of here anyway. And then one of his lawyers like, no, you your can't. AG resigning in protest is really not a good look. Can't fire anybody. Stop. Just, I don't know. I don't know, but it's interesting. Which we'll Sessions was, well, that was probably bluster, but you know. Sessions ain't going to give up I think up that's that all AG this is with, with Giuliani. I think it's just a, a press stunt. I think it's just like, oh, Rudy's Rudy, and, oh. and then yeah, won't but, do anything. And okay, but then, then in two weeks, and the Mueller investigation obviously isn't over, uh, then what? I guess maybe he gets fired? I don't know. Or, or Rudy screams, the fix really is in, and he just parrots all the Trump things. Or and, no one asks him. <laughs> I mean, with this media. No, No one gonna. remembers that no, he they promised. Will. No, they will. I don't know. They will. I don't know. Like, hey, two weeks ago you said this would be wrapped up. What happened? And then I guess Giuliani's only recourse is to say, well, the fix really is in, and Hillary and McCabe and blah, 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 blah. Okay. It's a solid legal plan. <laughs> solid mean, legal plan. What am I missing here? <laughs> if you know what Rudy Giuliani is up to, tweet us, at Irreverent Duo. Please, let please even just theories at this point I'll take, because I, I don't know. Yeah, we, we got some plausible theories as to why House Republicans wanted the Comey memos, uh, it, probably none of it is working out too well for him, but at least we have some plausible theories. Like, okay, I can see what they were thinking here. Yeah, this Who, I got nothing. I got nothing. Nothing. Please, somebody explain what is Giuliani up to. I can understand why Trump hired Giuliani. He's like, oh, I got Rudy on my team. Woohoo! This really right. shows that we're. But why Giuliani would say what he said is baffling. Please, baffling. Somebody, somebody explain it to us. Somebody explain it to us. Maybe we're missing something. Yeah, we probably. could totally be missing something. Probably, yeah. Maybe we're wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe Giuliani's got something on Mueller. Why he would wait all this time and then dive in now doesn't make any sense, but sure, let's let's assume. Tell us what we're missing. Yeah. Okay. All That's right. going to wrap it up for us. Uh, at Reverend Duo on Twitter, ReverendTestimony at gmail.com. We still have a Patreon page if you want to throw us some money. Um, see you next week. Stay active, stay tuned, stay involved. I've been Travis. I'm Rachel. Adios. Adios.